Hello, and welcome to The Goldmine, where you can find new investment insights from your favorite financial writers every day. I'm Barry Ritholtz, and this is The Economic Risks from Anti-Vaxxers. One of the favorite parts of my job is thinking about issues in ways other people often do not. That might include identifying where the consensus might be wrong. Inflation, the urban exodus, insurrections, or market values responding differently than expected. Even for issues we fully understand, we can and do underestimate the impact on the economy, earnings, and valuations. These are not black swans, as defined by Nassim Taleb. It's not that the event's occurrence was so unexpected or underestimated, rather, the consequences of the event. Framed differently, which is the larger economic threat, the Delta variant or inflation? I'm on record as seeing inflation as a high probability event, but with a low persistence and a transitory impact. The consensus around the results, maybe an earlier Fed tightening, more expensive credit and capital, and even an end to the bull market, is a lower probability in my opinion than many believe. But a solid case can be made for virus mutations as the larger economic threat. The potential consequences of unchecked COVID-19 mutations on unvaccinated populations are very problematic, and the consensus may have discounted this probability too much. Let's start with the good news. A large proportion of the at-risk U.S. population has protected themselves and their loved ones from COVID by getting vaccinated. The new administration's vaccination rollout has been a success. The economy is booming. The stock market is at all-time highs. The rapid vaccination ramp-up has over 185 million people and over 335 million doses given. The stock market anticipated this a long while ago, and the economy has been booming, hence those inflation fears. But as the chart of COVID vaccinations show, that rapid adoption rate is plateauing. At the present pace, it'll take at least nine more months to cover 75% of the population that that's the number we need for herd immunity. Which leads us to the bad news. America is now fighting three simultaneous COVID-related battles, and we're not doing especially well in any of them. First, the variants and mutations are increasingly infectious and potentially more deadly. Vaccinations themselves have become wildly politicized. And last, state and counties with low vaccination rates have higher infection rates. So far, markets and the economy are acting as if the pandemic is over. But these concerns raise the risk of an unanticipated economic slowing or even a contraction with possible market effects sometime over the next 12 to 24 months. I put the possibility of this happening somewhere between 15 and 20 percent. That's a fairly low probability, but those odds could tick up higher and begin sooner if a number of things go wrong. Let's start with the first of those three issues, the Delta variant and future mutations. The Delta variant, known as B1.617, was first identified in India. It is now the dominant strain here and accounts for 82% of all U.S. infections. We also know it's a highly transmissible variant, much more so than the versions that were first identified in the first quarter of 2020. 
Alpha variant was 50% more transmissible than the original coronavirus. The Delta variant is 50% more contagious than Alpha. Somewhere between 5 and 8 infections per carrier versus 1.8 to 2.5 of the original version. The most recent data suggests the Delta variant is more lethal also. Transmission rates are exponential. You tell two friends and they tell two friends. A modest increase really has a large effect. They tell five friends and they tell five friends. This can have huge repercussions. Some fear a surge awaits us in the fall with perhaps the deadliest phase of the pandemic. Hence why Delta has been called COVID-19 on steroids. We're seeing the impact of the Delta variant in the uptick in infections. U.S. COVID-19 case counts have doubled recently, although that's from an admittedly much lower level than we were seeing in the beginning of the year. But this is taking place even as vaccination numbers have gone higher. It's an arms race we were winning, at least until recently. And what's the biggest factor in this losing arms race? Unvaccinated individuals. They're the fastest growing proportion of new cases in other countries and in the U.S. Number two, vaccinations have become politicized. The anti-vaxxers of the past few decades were founded on a debunked belief linking vaccines and autism. Thanks to QAnon and Fox News and OANN and Newsmax and others, large swaths of the population now believe vaccines are problematic. What was once a bizarre and self-destructive movement has become, during the pandemic, a full-blown public health threat. A third of white conservatives refuse to get vaccinated. In the red southern states, they're also shunning vaccines. How that played out is reflected in each state's vaccination rate, and it's correlated to presidential voting patterns. There's a stark red-blue divide when it comes to vaccination rates and infection rates. It's even more pronounced on a countywide level. The least vaccinated U.S. counties have the highest level of Trump voters. That tells you how politicized this is. And note, this is not just an American problem. Anti-vaxxer propaganda is spreading in Asia. It's spreading in Europe. It's an increasing risk factor in the Netherlands, especially. In the USA, what we have is a hypocrisy problem. Rupert Murdoch, he was vaccinated in December 2020, but that somehow was never discussed on Fox News. All these local news hosts on Fox who are railing against COVID jams, they're all fully vaccinated. Donald Trump got his vaccination in January 2021. Why not go out and exhort the country to get fully vaxxed? The vaccines are arguably the biggest success story of his administration. Why not promote it? What these folks have been saying about the vaccines and what they did personally are polar opposites. We are making very good progress as a nation towards herd immunity, at least until a hyper-politicized cross-section of the country decided they were against vaccinations. Consider what madness it is to own your political opponents by risking your health and life and that of your family. Number three, regions with lower vax rates have higher infection rates. The variants are simply pummeling unvaccinated people. The numbers are pretty staggering. Unvaccinated people now account for 99.7% of new coronavirus cases in the United States. 
The lower your state's vax rate, the higher your infection rates are. It's just that correlated. Unvaccinated, hospitalized patients regret not getting the shot. At least those that live do. Consider all those in Maryland who died of COVID last month. 100% of them were unvaccinated. And all of these new unvaccinated, hospitalized patients, they're skewing younger. The Bloomberg vaccination tracker shows an eight-state run stretching from Georgia to parts of East Texas. These are amongst the lowest vaccination rates in the country. Throw in Idaho and Wyoming and you round out the bottom 10. Add to this the uniquely self-destructive policy in Tennessee, they just canceled all vaccinations, not just COVID, any vax. But a state-by-state analysis can be misleading. Some states have wise dispersions by county. Look at California and Florida's examples. They have pockets of very high and very low vaccination rates. Those low vax counties, they present a risk of becoming a Delta variant, hyperlocal outbreak among their unvaccinated populations. The vaccinated seem to be highly protected from the Delta variant, while the unvaccinated remain at risk. This is why healthcare workers are often required to get shots. Other organizations are considering making it mandatory. Even worse, every unvaccinated person is a chance for the virus to mutate again. The unvaccinated have been described as variant factories. They do more than put their own health and safety at risk. They put the lives of everyone in their community at greater risk. But listen, I write about markets and economics, not infectious diseases or booster shots. The risk I am seeing is that we create a two-track economic recovery, a robust recovery for regions that are vaccinated and a much weaker recovery or even contraction for the unvaccinated regions. This divergence will deepen the economic divide between states, maybe even between countries. What happens when these regions are lagging further and further behind their neighbors? It's a socioeconomic risk and a geopolitical one. The risk I'm concerned about is not a new mask mandate, but regions selectively shutting down, closing stores, restaurants, offices, bars, local businesses. We just went through that last year. We don't want to do that again. And worse, once people in local infected areas come to realize what happened, they'll start self-imposing a shelter at home. The risk here is even without quarantine or lockdown, local economies might crash, and that could lead to people panicking an entire cascade. Since the year 2000, we've been through three major economic crashes, the ending of the 1990s boom and the dot-com implosion, the great financial crisis, and now COVID-19. We're so close to putting this pandemic behind us. We've spent trillions of dollars. It would be a shame if we snatched defeat from the jaws of victory so close to winning. The bottom line is that COVID is still with us, and it's probably going to be with us forever. As pandemics, the repercussions will be serious and expensive. For more from me, check out The Big Picture at Ritholtz.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is brought to you by Ritholtz Wealth Management. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities mentioned on this podcast. If you're new to investing, check out liftoffinvest.com to get started with us today. Sally.